Sport continuously provides its audience with powerfully emotional, healing, and influential moments. And nearly always, these moments are remembered alongside the calls from the broadcasters, lucky enough to be behind the microphone the minute the amazing happens. But what makes them unforgettable stretches far beyond the 30-second clip in which it's captured. This is Mark Grandy, and you're listening to Golden Tones, a podcast dedicated to the art of play-by-play broadcasting, analyzing not the play on the field, but the voices of the people in the booth. Roll the tape. Rivera leading from first, Grace holding on the bag against him, the pitch. Swing it, there's a shot, deep in the right center, racing back to Lucci, still going back into Death Valley, it goes wide over his glove, he missed it, but Ruben Rivera missed second base, now he's heading for third and they're going to throw him out by plenty, but the corner third is boxed, now he's heading home, the loose ball in the infield, and he's out by five feet at the plate, and that was the worst base running in the history of the game. The game should be over, and Ruben Rivera just did the the worst base running you will ever see. Unbelievable. Ruben Rivera had gone around second base, and then for some reason seemed to assume that the ball was caught in the outfield. He got totally lost and confused out there and started to go back to second base as Grissom was pulling in at second. That's John Miller on the San Francisco Giants radio network calling Marquise Grissom's at-bat and Ruben Rivera's base running that followed in the bottom of the ninth inning on May 27, 2003 inside Pacific Bell Park as it was then known. This isn't a championship-clenching play. It isn't a record-breaking performance, and it isn't a longtime legend's swan song. It's just a wild regular season moment. But Miller's play-by-play abilities are on display in this moment like few others, so I wanted to break it down. And I will in a moment. We don't need to know much context to fully appreciate this play, but let's set the scene first. After falling behind 2-0 against the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Giants tied the game with a single run in both the 5th and 8th innings. Starting pitcher Jason Schmidt threw a scoreless top of the ninth inning for San Francisco, setting the stage for a potential walk-off win in the home half of the frame. After a strikeout, Andres Galarraga drew a one-out walk. At the behest of manager Felipe Alou, Ruben Rivera pinch-ran for Galarraga at first. Marquise Grissom took ball one, then waited on Mike Koplov's next pitch. Rivera leading from first, Grace holding on the bag against him, the pitch. Swing it, there's a shot, deep in the right center, racing back to Lucci, still going back into Death Valley, it goes wide over his glove, he missed it, but Ruben Rivera missed second base, now he's heading for third and they're going to throw him out by plenty, but the corner third is boxed, now he's heading home, the loose ball in the infield, and he's out by five feet at the plate, and that was the worst base running in the history of the game. The game should be over, and Ruben Rivera just did the, the worst base running you will ever see. Unbelievable. Ruben Rivera had gone around second base, and then for some reason seemed to assume that the ball was caught in the outfield. He got totally lost and confused out there and started to go back to second base as Grissom was pulling in at second. And again, that's John Miller on the San Francisco Giants radio network. The scoring on the play is as follows. Grissom reaches second on an error by the right fielder. Rivera is out at home. 
9-4-5-6-2. Or right fielder to second baseman to third baseman to shortstop to catcher. But he only reached third safely because of a throwing error by the second baseman. Grissom, meanwhile, advanced to third on the throw home. So, as a result, there are now two outs with a runner on third, and the game is still tied at two. The next batter struck out to push the game to extras. Both teams were scoreless in the 10th, 11th, and 12th innings, although the Giants did put runners on first and third with no outs in the 12th. But they couldn't score, so the game moved to the 13th inning. So, San Francisco, four innings removed from a base-running blunder that cost them the win, now needed one run to keep playing and two to walk off. Rich Aurelia drew a one-out walk, but a strikeout left the Giants with just one out to play with. Pedro Feliz then walked, setting the stage once again for Grissom. He tripled to deep right field, driving in both runs, and the Giants walked off on the Diamondbacks 4-3 in 13 innings and Rivera exhaled for all of San Francisco to hear. Okay, that's all the context we need. Let's dig into Miller's call. This play begins pretty normally. Miller sets the stage before the 1-0 pitch. Rivera leading from first, Grace holding on the bag against him. So Miller takes this opportunity to tell us that Rivera is on first base. This is important for a couple of reasons. First of all, Rivera just came in as a pinch runner. Miller already told the radio audience that before this clip begins, but it's a good idea to reinforce that it's not Galarraga running. Also, though, through this, Miller is reminding the listeners that the Giants have a runner on first and nothing else. Say, for example, that San Francisco had runners on first and second. After saying Rivera leading from first, I'm sure he would have added Cruz from second, or whoever it was that happened to be on second base. So by saying that Rivera is leading off first and nothing else, the radio audience knows that the Giants have just one runner on base, and of course, it's at first. Miller also says that Mark Grace, the Arizona first baseman, is holding Rivera on, which also signals that there isn't a runner on second base, but it also means that there's a pretty big hole on the right side of the infield, which is important information for the listeners to know because it allows them to begin to imagine what the diamond looks like in this moment. Anyway, now it's time for the pitch. The pitch. Swing it. There's a shot deep in the right center. First of all, there's no mention of the score, tied 2-2, two to two, or the outs, just one, in the call. Miller mentioned that earlier, but I wanted to get that out of the way quickly. He says, the pitch. Then there's a slight pause. In tense moments like this, that pause is comparable to a basketball broadcaster's pause as a jump shot is in the air. In both instances, fans are holding their breath as they await the result of the pitch or shot. The pause is much shorter in baseball because the ball gets to home plate pretty quickly, but still, it's a similar experience and Miller does a great job allowing himself time to pause before telling us that Grissom swings and, of course, that he hits it well. Miller says, there's a shot, deep into right center, and immediately we all know this could be the end of the game. Just from the meaning of Miller's words, it's clear that the ball is hit far, but we can also gather through Miller's tone, which begins to change during this sequence, and via the reaction of the crowd in the background. That's the beauty of sports, and baseball especially on the radio. Three separate things, Miller's words, Miller's tones, and the crowd's reaction all helping inform the audience of one singular play. And next, the ball drops. Racing back to Lucci, still going back into this valley. It goes wide over his 
Miller, tracking the flight of the ball, has the wherewithal to glance down at both the center and right fielders chasing after the ball. He notices that the right fielder, David DeLucci, has the best chance to catch the ball. So he tells us that, saying racing back DeLucci and that he's still going back into Death Valley, letting the listeners know that he's still on the run into the deepest part of the yard. The Death Valley that Miller is referring to is the right center field gap in the Giants' home ballpark, now known as Oracle Park, of course at the time known as Pacific Belt Park. Back then it was 421 feet into the corner. It's known as Triples Alley and sometimes called Death Valley because it's oftentimes where home runs and other hard-hit balls go to die. That's not the case here, though, because as you hear Miller's voice explode as he says Death Valley, DeLucci drops the ball. Miller tells us why, of course. The ball goes right over his glove. He missed it. Let's listen to it again. Racing back DeLucci, still going back into Death Valley. It goes right over his glove. He missed it. Miller's pacing, his tone, and his readiness are on display here. As he says, still going back, Miller notices that DeLucci begins to slow down a bit, signaling that he thinks he's under the ball, or at least close to under it. Seeing that, Miller probably thinks that he's going to catch the ball. You can even hear it in his tone a bit. At first, it builds up from the moment the ball leaves the bat through Miller saying, racing back DeLucci. Then, Miller's tone and excitement plateau because it looks as if DeLucci will make the catch. But, of course, he doesn't, and Miller is right on top of it, immediately saying that it goes right over his glove. It's a cliché, but it almost sounds as if Miller was expecting the unexpected given how quickly he reacted. And that theme only continues as the play moves along. But Ruben Rivera missed second base! Now he's heading for third and they're going to throw him out by plenty, but the front of third is boxed! If you thought that DeLucci missing the ball in deep right center field was surprising, then imagine how you'd react as the play-by-play broadcaster if, after seeing the ball fall, you looked to find the runner that was on first base running back toward second base. I know for me personally, I probably wouldn't have been able to react without audibly stumbling through my surprise at first, let alone being able to accurately describe what was going through Rivera's mind. Miller again shows that he is unfazed by just about anything that can happen on the baseball field. But it's not as simple as Rivera simply missing the bag and going back, because as he goes back, Grissom nears a second base, meaning that Rivera has to then take off for third. Miller sees that before it happens too, and says now he's heading for third and they're going to throw him out. I've talked in a number of episodes that I generally dislike the use of the future tense while calling live action. For example, on most occasions, I believe that saying, and they throw him out, is better than saying, and they're going to throw him out. That's because, more often than not, it's not an action that's happening in the future. Rather, it's an action that's happening at this very second, or perhaps even a moment or two ago in the past. So saying that something is going to happen or will happen isn't normally accurate. Instead, it happens or is happening at this very second. This is an exception, though. Because Rivera is so lost on the bases, the throw to third beats him by a mile. So Miller, believing in the abilities of major league ball players to execute an accurate relay, assumes that there won't be any additional major issues for the Diamondbacks defensively. 
seeing the ball on the way to third while Rivera is still far off the bag means that shortly Rivera is going to be out, future tense, or as Miller says, they're going to throw him out. You could argue that Miller shouldn't assume such a thing, and maybe you'd be right. Assumptions can be dangerous for play-by-play -play broadcasters, but in this case, Miller recovers and corrects himself quickly when he sees the ball bounce away from the third baseman. He says, but the throw to third is botched. Let's listen to this part again, too. I'm focusing on how quickly Miller reacts to the surprising elements of this game. But Ruben Rivera missed second base. Now he's heading for third, and they're going to throw him out by plenty, but the throw to third is botched. Suddenly, Rivera is safe at third, Grissom safe at second. There's still just one out, and the Giants are a sacrifice fly away from a win, right? Wrong, because this play isn't yet out of surprises. Now he's heading home, the loose ball in the infield, and he's out by five feet at the plate. On a scramble play like this, the two most important things that a broadcaster needs to mention are the base runner's progress toward home and the location of the baseball. Miller starts by telling us that Rivera is heading home, paired with the fact that it's a loose ball on the infield. Miller doesn't have a ton of time to mention how far away the ball has rolled from an infielder, or who is there to pick it up, so instead he jumps to the play at the plate, saying that he's out by 5 feet. Miller could have said that the shortstop, Tony Womack, corralled the ball and threw home, or at least added, and the throw to the plate, after saying that the ball was loose. He didn't because, again, he was up against the clock, but he still made sure to focus on the two most important things on the play, the progress of both the runner and the ball to home plate. Because of that, he was able to stay on time and give an accurate call of the play. Hypothetically, let's say that Miller said this, Now he's heading home, the loose ball on the infield, scooped up at short, the throw, and he's out by five feet at the plate. The extra information here would push Miller's call back a few seconds, and he would no longer be able to make the call on time. Instead, he would have fallen behind the action. So, I'd ask you, what's better, a more detailed call that isn't completely on time, or a call that is on time but might be missing a bit of information? I tend to value timing more in this instance, but I'm sure there are plenty of broadcasters that prefer the other side. But the point here is that Miller made an executive decision. Knowing that he wanted to stay on time, he needed to cut out certain details, and he did that. The play is now over, but Miller's call is far from complete. This sequence requires more attention. And that was the worst base running in the history of the game. The game should be over, and Ruben Rivera just did the, the worst base running you will ever see. Unbelievable. I can't help but hear Miller so confidently declare this to be the worst base running in the history of the game without thinking about Bill Walton. If you watch Pac-12 basketball and are familiar with Walton, you probably know what I'm talking about. While broadcasting a game, Walton invariably, after a particular poor play, will say something like, that was the fifth worst play in Oregon basketball history. It's Bill Walton, so I'm not so sure he doesn't have a Rolodex of each team's worst plays of all time, but there's definitely a similarity here between these declarations made by Walton and Miller. Miller's is probably easier to corroborate and more likely to be true, but at its core, it's a smart addition by Miller because it aptly describes what happened on this play. After the original error in right center field, Rivera should have scored and the game should be over. 
Only a history-making blunder could have kept that from happening, and it did, hence the worst base running in the history of the game. But this play needs more than just that bit of context. It needs a complete rewind. It's hard to explain why Rivera did what he did, but Miller's job would be incomplete without him circling back and explaining again what happened. Ruben Rivera had gone around second base and then for some reason seemed to assume that the ball was caught in the outfield. He got totally lost and confused out there and started to go back to second base as Grissom was pulling in at second. A lot of it is inexplicable, but Miller does his best to explain Rivera's actions here. Remember, for the first part of this play, Miller was watching DeLucci, the right fielder, race back towards the right center field corner in an attempt to catch the ball. Miller wasn't watching Rivera the entire time. Presumably, Miller first saw Rivera after his confusion started after he ran past second base the first time, after he returned back toward first, and after he then ran past again but missed the base. In all likelihood, Miller began to focus on Rivera as he was heading back to second base to touch the base again so he then could continue on to third. Despite not seeing Rivera's earlier confusion, Miller was able to understand what exactly happened and was able to provide a perfect recount of the madness. It's a very necessary skill for a broadcaster to have, and I think this play shows just how well Miller understands the game of baseball. It clearly comes naturally to him. In stark contrast to Rivera's utter confusion on the base paths, Miller's call of his circuitous route from first to home is a sterling example of play-by-play -play brilliance. Let's listen one final time. Here's John Miller on the San Francisco Giants radio network calling one of the strangest plays in baseball history on the night of May 27, 2003. Rivera leading from first. Grace holding on the bag against him. The pitch. Swing it. There's a shot deep in the right center. Racing back to Lucci. Still going back into Death Valley. It goes right over his glove. He missed it. But Ruben Rivera missed second base. Now he's heading for third, and they're going to throw him out by plenty, but the corner third is boxed. Now he's heading home to loose ball in the infield, and he's out by five feet at the plate. And that was the worst base running in the history of the game. The game should be over, and Ruben Rivera just did the, the worst base running you will ever see. Unbelievable. Ruben Rivera had gone around second base, and then for some reason seemed to assume that the ball was caught in the outfield. He got totally lost and confused out there and started to go back to second base as Grissom was pulling in at second. New episodes of Golden Tones drop each Tuesday morning. You can listen everywhere you get your podcast. Just search Golden Tones. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It'd be much appreciated. Also, do you have a call or highlight you think I should feature in a future episode? Let me know on Twitter at Golden Tones Pod or at Mark Grandy.